S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We have a great episode. We're joined together by Anthony Wheeler, my boy Ant Wheeler. Um, he's on the episode this week. We're going to talk about Black Mirror, all the seasons pretty much. Basically, the highlights of all the seasons, the most current season. So at some point, there will be some spoiler warnings. If you haven't seen um, some of the Black Mirror episodes, we might talk about one of the ones you haven't seen. And also, we're going to talk about this current season. So check it out on Netflix if you haven't. It's a great season. It's only about five episodes, about five hours of content. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And also, the the topics that come up on the show and how it impacts us in real life, technology, some things that are happening, some things that have already happened, um, and some examples, some legal stuff, some things that happen in contracts. We're going to get all over it for about an hour. Um, me and Ant, we're going to talk about those things. Then also, um, you know, we're going to do, I'm going to do music of the week and movie of the week right now in the intro and just get it out the way um, so you guys can just enjoy, you know, one hour uninterrupted, no commercial breaks, just me and Ant kind of having a great conversation to sit down. We haven't done that a while for on the podcast. Uh, so for music of the week, we're doing Ra Ra Rasputin by Bonnie M. Um, this song, I don't remember the, the, the date it came out. It feels like it's like a 40s or 50s song. Uh, basically, it's a it's an older song that it it is a it's kicking. It's a jam. Um, I you 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 put on Rob Rob Rasputin and that's gonna get you going. It's got a good energy and a good vibe. And we I seen it from an episode of Black Mirror. Um, but the song you have to go on YouTube right now. You just Google Rob Rob Rasputin. There's a great video someone made that has the lyrics up on the screen. And yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's like a club banger. That also teaches you about history. <laughs> it's the most interesting song I've heard in, in a long time. And I, it makes me want to hear more songs about great things that happen in history, but to a disco beat um, that we can all skate to. That, that you know, I, I really want to see more of this kind of music. So Bonnie M, Ra Ra Rasputin, that's going to be Sammy Rye's pick for Music of the Week. And right into Movie of the Week, you know, because we're going to be talking about Black Mirror this whole episode. Let's get that out the way. Go see The Flash in theaters. I saw something that said that The Flash might not be doing that great at the box office. Um, that's horrible because The Flash is an amazing film. I am not a big fan of DC. I am in no way consider myself a fan of The Flash. Um, he's okay, sure. Movie, amazing. DC, if this is what DC is going to be doing moving forward, I know this film, a lot of it was somehow made before the new era of DC. Um, but obviously some changes were made, some creative decisions were made to kind of get it going in a direction that it needs to be going um, to get closer to what they're doing. I think James Gunn has officially said that the, his version of the DCU does not kick off until Superman comes out. So I wouldn't say that this is necessarily what that's going to be, but it doesn't matter. If you're just watching this film, and I watched it with some people who aren't into DC and they just watch this as one film... It is a very fun film. It's very easy to understand. It has a lot of heart. Um, it has a lot of um, stuff that makes you care about these brand new characters almost instantly. And the stakes are very simple and clear. And it really matters in a way. It's obviously different than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, their own spin on how time travel works and their theories. It's all different and refreshing. It's not what you already seen happen before. So I think that you know, if you're a fan of any of these kind of comic book movies, you're going to have a good time watching The Flash. I really don't, you know, if you're jaded, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling you out. If you're one of the people who, you know, get, get mad about certain kind of CGI or get mad about these little things and kind of nitpick and stuff, maybe you'll find something not like. But if you can just sit down and just enjoy a film, like I said, I saw people who didn't, aren't really into these films. They loved it from front to back. They thought it was great. 
Um, and then, you know, as a comic book fan, I thought they did a lot of great fan service to DC as a whole, as a company, in TV, in film, in comics. They kind of covered so much stuff that I almost forgot about. Things that I had never really considered when I thought about what they do as films because everything's been about kind of the Snyderverse. Um, they really reminded people DC is way bigger than the Snyderverse. They've been making content for a very long time. And they can play with all that content in different ways. Um, you know, so I was I loved it. So go check it out. That's the movie of the week. And now we're going to hop into this episode where we're going to focus completely on Black Mirror and some of the controversial topics presented in that show. Again, if you haven't seen Black Mirror, maybe pause it. Um, go watch at least the first, at least the six seasons where we talk about the most. Um, and then Striking Vipers for season five, we talk about that. Um, but then, you know, there's other things we might touch on here or there. But I hope you guys like the episode and just go ahead and get right into it. Anthony. Yo. What's up, man? It's great to have you back on the podcast. How you doing? I'm good. It's been a while. It has been a while. I, you know, and I, and I think about, you know, having guests on the show and I don't really do that too much anymore. But I think about like, man, if I want to have somebody to talk to, it's got to be Ant. I appreciate that. I feel like I bring a little value. Um, I try to keep it lighthearted. And I feel like we always have great conversations when we do talk. Um, it's been a while since I've been on, like you said. So I figured, you know what? I feel like this week's topic is definitely one where we can uh, dive right back in and kind of get back to where we were before with it. Oh, I agree, man. So what's the, what's the topic for the week? What, what did you have in your mind? What you want to talk about? The biggest thing is... Uh, Black Mirror, my discovery of it, discovery it is, of Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it is late to the party. Black Mirror. Let's start there. Why? Why haven't you given Black Mirror a chance after like six, seven, eight years, basically? I have no real reason why. Um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna sit here and, and bullshit you. Um, I'm not sure. I know it's very popular. I've always heard about it. I think the first time I heard about it was the uh, what was that? The interactive episode or something like that? Bandersnatch. Yeah. Yeah, like I heard about it. It sounded really weird to me. Um, but I probably should have just went and checked it out, but I didn't. And I didn't know it was that many episodes. I didn't know it was been around that long. Um, I'm sure there was other things that kind of caught my attention over time, but this season... I'm waiting for it. And I was the only one just kind of sitting around like, yeah, I don't watch. So I was like, you know what? That's enough. Let me just go see what it's about. And highly impressed. To say the least. Oh yeah, man! I think it's a really good show. I think they have six seasons, but they don't do a season every year. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's been about eight or nine years. I think there's, since the show's been out, maybe longer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think when I first heard about it, you know, I think it, I think I saw it just when it was like one or two seasons, and it, it had been out. Um, and you know, we it's, we just know that Netflix is is good for it. You know, it's kind of one of those things when it comes out, you know, okay, Netflix has that show. It's pretty reliable. It's pretty solid. And I think, you know, out of the whole show, I think only one episode I really didn't like that I never finished. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that was like the Star Trek-themed episode. Uh, I just wasn't into it. And my house wasn't really into it. Nobody in the house really wanted to watch that kind of episode. Um, I'm sure some people loved it, you know. But, yeah, for me, that wasn't it. And I've watched all the other episodes. And, you know, I'm not going to say I love every single one of them. I think it's always a quality show. There's quality writing, quality acting. Um, the people who put that together usually seem to find, you know, the good things to bring to the table to let you watch that for an hour, basically. Yeah. And like something I noticed, um, you know, we talked about it's like the different vision that each episode brings you. 
you know, they, they come with these stories. Some of them are kind of, uh, I guess, basic topics. Some of them are a little bit more deeper, but they always bring you something where as though it's everyone's vision. It's not just straightforward, one style of shooting, one style of acting, one style of, you know, storytelling. And I think from that alone makes it a little more refreshed um, as a show because it's, it's one of those things where it's easy to keep you interested. And there's so many different uh, variations, there's so many different uh, stories being told. It's easy to kind of jump around and find something that fits you. Like you said, the Star Trek one wasn't your thing. Um, I haven't even got to that point yet or got to that episode yet, but like I may check it out to see if maybe it's my thing. But if not, yeah. I'm pretty sure because I found two episodes today that I've been watching. I was like, you know what? These are kind of going up there for me. It's like, like so far, <laughs> these are like top five episodes for me. These are already kind of like right there where I'm loving these episodes. I love the direction. I love the acting. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things like it's it's such high quality TV and it's crazy that I'm like this late to the party, but I'm so glad I showed up finally. Yeah. And one thing I think that's great about it is it presents topics people to talk about. So like in 2023, you know, it has topical stuff where we can talk about those things and it relates to our lives or it relates to maybe maybe our possible lives in the near future. Um, and, you know, there's good good TV does that. Like, I think sometimes you watch like Walking Dead when it first came out, at least his first two. I think it had those those things where after you saw like the end of season one. You might have sat down with your friends and be like, oh, my God, what would you do? I was dead and you came back and you're with my my, my girl. What would you do? Because the whole Shane and Rick situation. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God, everyone talks about it. Uh, season two, oh, you know, what would you do? You, you found your kid in the barn, you know, like that whole thing. You're like, oh, my God, everyone talks about it. So now in 2023, you know, I can't think of too many TV shows this year um, that's got people having that conversation. But I think Black Mirror is a perfect one because it brings up so many, you know, topics and taboos. It challenges what people normally think about things. So, yeah, I think it's great for that to have you and your friends and family, um, you know, whoever watches what you are seeing it, have those conversations and see what you know, what's on people's minds, what people think about these complex topics. And that's a great point because I'm not even on social media anymore. But the fact that, you know, I'm talking to all these different people and they're talking about how they're excited and how their friends are excited. Um, talking to people where they say how before they used to have like watch parties for Black Mirror episodes, um, things like that, where it's like yes. it's definitely a, it's a, a conversation starter and it has like a huge following. And that's pretty cool because it's again, it's one of those things that like you and I are always talking about. Like, I feel like this is the best age for TV. And even though they aren't as consistent as some other shows where they're probably not coming out every season or every year, I feel like when they do release, it seems like. Like I'm, I'm noticing as I'm like picking through, I'm jumping through seasons and finding episodes. I'm like, okay, I can see how they would have have everyone talking during this season. I can see how they would have everyone talking during this season. Um, it's one of those things, man. Like the show is is high quality TV, and I'm enjoying it so far a lot. So out of the new season, what what do you think has been like your favorite episode so far? So have you finished a new season or no? Um, yeah, I'm completely done. And anyone who's listening, this is gonna have to be spoiler alerts after this point because we're gonna get into it. So. Yeah, I've okay. seen a new season. Um, I'm completely done. Black Mirror. I'm all caught up. Okay, so my favorite episode of the new. So as a whole, I thought the new season was good. It was like five different stories, five different eras, five different you know themes. Um, even the camera work I felt like was five different camera you know camera. Uh, yeah, the way they looked. So I, I like that about it. Um, all the actors and actresses seemed to do like they all did really well. Um, even if I wasn't crazy about the episodes, it was one of those things where it was like, at least I can see there's quality here. There's you no know, performance here that makes you like, okay, this is like, 
they're they're going for it here. Um, my favorite see my favorite episode of the season was episode two, the documentary one. Okay. Um, I thought that was kind of eerie, but it was also kind of cool. Um, the ending, I did not see that coming. It was one of those things where it was like, you know, like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, like the shocking thing. Like it, it's the whole, like you said, the whole Dahmer thing could be wrapped up into it. Um, we think it's a phenomenon. It's great. We learn all this new information. We form these opinions. But at the end of the day, you know, there's still real people affected by these stories being told. And the fact that they made it a documentary about a documentary being told and it ended with tragedy that was so connected to home. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And that's so like crazy to me because I don't, to my knowledge, that's never been done. That's never been seen in real life. I mean, maybe it has, maybe it, like I've never seen it though. So that was like a fresh idea that was pretty cool on a, like something that has definitely captured the country's attention with these murder mystery documentaries and these serial killer documentaries. Um, on a flip side, my least favorite episode was the third one um, with the replicas and the, the, the space thing. Um, we talked about why that was kind of the uh, case. But yeah, so far I thought, you know, it was great balance with the season. No, yeah, we, we can get into it again on the podcast just so everybody can kind of hear it. Like, um, I agree with the, the documentary one. You know, I, I think one thing was really cool about that one is that, you know, Netflix is at the center of controversy about last year's time because of the Dahmer thing. Um, so I wonder how that conversation goes. I don't know if they were already going to do that episode or if that episode or, you know, was inspired by the, the you know, the Dahmer documentary or Dahmer doc- TV show last year. Um, and I love how Netflix seems to be okay in some extent of poking fun at themselves and yeah. you know, um, letting them, you know, and also kind of answering for their, their, their shit because like they don't say a good or a bad thing, you know, they, that, that with that episode, they kind of like, it is what it is. You know, there's still an award ceremony. The documentary still goes on what they call Streamberry. Um, and then I, I remember. Which is a great name, by the way. I love it. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> and, and then I remember, um, you know, when you look at the first episode, Joan is awful. They actually mention I, I didn't realize this because of the order I watched it in, but they mentioned, oh, do you want to watch the documentary? I think it's called like Lockheed or something like that. Um, so they in, in that episode, they're mentioning that Netflix does have that documentary on their streaming service, even though in real life somebody died. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're criticizing themselves and they're showing how awful it is. But then they're also like, yeah, but the show must go on and it will be on Streamberry. I love so, that, by the way. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the whole that's what it is, right? Peeking behind the fourth wall, kind of like poking fun at themselves. Like, I love that. I think that was one of the things I noticed from the first episode when they started revealing stuff. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like this because they know how big of a conglomerate they are. They know they're, yeah. you know, still number one big fish. And for them to put out content like this, I felt like in a way it was like, like this season, like like trying to find the themes behind them all episodes. That that's another thing. Like finding the themes behind the episodes is like something I really really like. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things like I enjoy because it's like you don't necessarily you don't think you, when you're watching TV, you generally just think you're just watching TV. Like you don't think like oh, I'm watching this to see what's like what's the story being told here, what's going on besides this. And when you're watching this show, it's like oh, you see there's more than just like you know action or romance or whatever it may be it's like there's actually something going on here like a message here um sometimes it's easy to pick out sometimes it's a little harder to uh pick out but i do love that about the show though 
Yeah, I think another thing that's um, is kind of interesting about it when you watch them, like I never know, you know, since there's so many different actors, writers, and directors doing the episodes, you know, who is in charge and who is, you know, telling them all, hey, like this is the theme. This is how we have to all go about something. I don't know if there's like, a mission statement. Like, yeah, make sure the episode has like three plot twists. Make sure the episode, I don't know, because they don't all, they don't all do that. But a lot of them do try to follow something like that. I actually pictured them like rushing nesting dolls. Where like the episode starts and on the cover you see, you know, this is the problem. Like with Jonah Awful, Jonah's Awful is like, here's a story about a girl who's like a boss and she has to deal with situations she's uncomfortable with. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what this episode's going to be about. And then it's like, no, no, actually it's, there's something else going on here. Then like, oh, okay, that's what episode's going to be about. And then when they introduce Selma Hayek character, you know, her real life character, it's like, no, no, actually, we're going to go further than that. You're like, oh, oh, that's what you guys are talking about. And then they're like, no, no, actually, we're going to go to the Strawberry headquarters, and this is the problem. You're like, okay. And then we meet Mike Sarah's character. He's like, actually, no, 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 that's actually not the problem. This is the problem. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're like, what is this episode about, right? And then finally, you get to maybe like one more on that one. That was, I think, one of the best ones. Was like yeah. six or seven levels deep. It's like Inception, like a dream within a dream within a dream, right? Yeah. Um, some of the other ones are a little more simpler, like documentary. You know, I think they went to go do the documentary. Then they had like the twist of them, you know, being interested in the story. Like, should we not do one about these little eggs, or should we do one about this murder that happened in your hometown? You're like, all right, that's already controversial. Then you have to watch them actually go through it, and then you start finding out the other things that are going on in the town, and she watches the old tape. You're like, oh my God, like here's another problem. And I think that's it. This is a classic horror now. Like now she has to deal with this one problem. And nope, it goes like two more levels probably after that. Um, yeah, so I think that's a that's a fun thing about those those shows. I loved even the last one. I think it's called Demon 79 or 79. Yeah, yeah. Demon 79. What do yeah, you think that, about that one? I was going to ask you about that. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was the most fun. I thought that you had a good use of music. It had a little bit of, like that pulp Tarantino kind of vibe to it. Yeah, um, you know, I love the the demon character. I thought he was so funny. Um, I loved how like he took the guy's image from the TV, which let the the actor be like a different kind of person. Like he's a demon, but he also looks like a like a guy from a seventies band. Yeah, so it was just it was funny, but it made watching sense. It, watching it when I first saw it. I'm thinking like when they first showed that guy, I thought that was like an actual music video from that time that they just put on the TV. I didn't realize until. He showed. He turned himself into that. De- the demon turned himself into that guy. I was like, "Oh, they were just doing a reenactment of maybe a song from that time. It's not a real like artist." Yeah, that I was is so really, confused. Yeah, that is really great because um, that song, my daughter, which that song is horrible. My daughter was like not watching the episode. She's like, she hangs out with us and she does her own thing, but she can like hear most of the episode. And that song is called "Ra Ra Rasputin," um, which I should add on there, like as a sidebar, like the music of the week is gonna be "Ra Ra Rasputin." Um, which I, and that's a real band, but it's like you said, it's like a reenactment, and they use that guy's image. I don't know if that guy was really in the band because he was like the mm-hmm. dancer for the band or whatever. Um, but that song was ridiculous. I looked at the lyrics to it. And really? Rasputin, yeah, Rasputin's a real person from like Russia. And mm-hmm. I guess um, one of the things that the song's talking about is the fact that he like was like the the queen's side piece. He was like a mistress for the queen, basically. Oh wow. Um, so they're saying like Ra Ra Rasputin, like the greatest lover, you know, in Russia or something like that. 
my 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 daughter hears a song, she's like she's like jamming. She's like, oh, this is a, this is a banger. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this song is catchy. And I look at the lyrics. I'm like, oh, we're not we're not gonna be playing this on your Alexa upstairs. Like, don't be don't be putting this song on upstairs. Like, it, it's funny too because like a '70s song and the lyrics are very non like non like uh, graphic, unlike a Cardi B song for nowadays. Yeah. However, the, this the suggestive nature of it almost makes it more taboo with what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, back in that time, it's like you know what they're saying. They yeah, just can't you know. say it. So can't be called Kanye school singing this, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of girls blushing when they heard that song. Yeah, yeah. So like I think I think the episode was fun. Plus, what I love about all the episodes is their ability to either find actors we don't know or take actors who haven't done much and put them in leading roles. And sometimes, you know, hour, hour and a half episodes. And these people carry the movie, just the show, like it's a movie, basically. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, like sometimes you watch real actors that you know or that you've seen in a lot of movies, and they show up and kind of phone in the performance, and they're not that interesting. And then I'm like, these oh. these actors I don't know are like killing it right now. They're carrying these really intense situations and making it work. Um, the, the main the main actress in the Demon Show, um, she made the whole thing work. You know, she was shy, yeah. she was aggressive when she needed to be. Uh, she was doing all kinds of stuff. I was like, who who is this person? I, I'm at IMDb or she might be some like famous actress from overseas. I don't know, but it was it was fun seeing it. You know, I think that's also a fun thing about Netflix when they bring talent that you don't know about from around the world and they showcase them. Um, so that's what's going on there. I don't know what's going on, but I really like how they're able to find so many different people to be on the show, and they're not always people that you expect. You know? Yeah, that's one of the main things that I love about Prime. Um, when you watch Prime Video, yeah. Pause it. They're gonna show you the credits on the, the actors and actresses on the screen right there. Oh yeah, that's I'm, yeah. I'm always looking people up. Like if I'm uh if they're familiar to me or if they're doing like a great job, I want to see what else they've been in. And I've done it just about every episode I've watched so far on uh on uh Black Mirror. Like if I haven't recognized them I, or if I do recognize them, I'll still look them up. Like that was I started with Joan is awful. I could not remember who Joan was, and I'm like, she is so familiar, she is so familiar. Yeah. And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, it's a girl from Shit's Creek. Like but prior to that, like, it was driving me crazy for, like, 10 minutes. I'm just sitting there. I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, like, this is annoying me. This is annoying me because I really wanted to know. And it's funny, on the third episode of season six, when I saw Josh Hartnett, I'm looking at him, and it was one of those things, like, I felt like I saw, like, a caveman. I was like, I was like, that's not Josh Hartnett. No. But then I remember, <laughs> like, the show does use big-name actors and, big, like, you know, they use, like, like, people that's, like, you know, like, established already, too. But I, like you said, like, I don't think he's been in anything for a while. So it's probably one of those things where he has something coming up or maybe he's done a couple smaller projects that hasn't really got like big, big attention. But yeah. seeing him on there, it reminded me how much of a like, you know, like he was like the guy, like the, the like, late 90s, early 2000s. He was everywhere, you know, as far as like teen dramas and all those other kind of movies that was out around that time. And seeing him on there, like it was refreshing. It was good. It was like, damn, I forgot he was a great actor and he did a great job. Um, and his role for episode three, even though it's my least favorite episode, I thought him and Aaron Paul they did amazing. They both were great in, in the uh, in the show, you know, on the episode. Oh yeah, they they man, they, they said they just can't, can't love them enough. You know, the episode like you said, the writing for the episode, I didn't like. I didn't agree where the story went. I didn't like where the story went, but their, mm -hmm. their performances were great. You know, they did a great job. Um, and you know, Josh Hartnett was one of my top three favorite actors. It was him, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Heath Ledger. Back in like 2003, um, I was pulling for them. I thought they were gonna be like the next kings of Hollywood, like Pacino, De Niro, and like Pesci. Like those, like those guys. Like I think mean, these three guys are gonna be everything there is in Hollywood. Um, and to me, you know, that I'm again personal favorites because they're just they all had this incredible acting ability. 
And when yeah. you're like teen people, you know, I think, um, you know, teen, teen actors and stuff, I think that um, a lot of people like underestimated them and didn't think that they were going to grow up to be, you know, more seasoned actors that did a bunch of films. And I was always pulling for them. You know, I, I thought they were all so amazing. Um, so it's great seeing him back. Um, Annie Murphy is the girl in Joan is Awful, the first episode. And um, big fan of Shit's Creek. And I was really upset where, like, she's great on her show. She got a show at the Shit's Creek called Kevin Can F Himself, which was on AMC. And she was really good on the show. Again, I didn't agree with the writing on the show. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't crazy about that. I think I only had two seasons. So I felt like, I just felt like that she was better than the show. So not, not like crapping on everyone in that show. I just think that show didn't have, it didn't work out in my opinion. And I think they, they either ended it early or got canceled after like two seasons. Um, but seeing her be like, when I turned on my Black Mirror and she was like the person on the cover, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the first episode, I was so excited as a fan because, like, yes, yes, like bring her back, let her. This is what she deserves. So now, like that, she has an episode from Black Mirror that everyone talks about. I think that's a great a- accomplishment for an actor. Like, just be able to say that, like, oh, I got that Black Mirror episode, and I was like, oh yeah, like Anthony Mackie's another one where, like, Anthony yeah. Mackie, I think, has always been a great supporting actor. Um, he has some roles he set up, set up as lead actor. You're now seeing him on, I obviously, um, the new Captain America movie. Um, I thought he did great on his show, um, you know, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But he has a legendary Black Mirror episode, uh, Striking Vipers, you know, and he's, he's like, you can't take that from him now. Like, I think that really helps an actor's profile because, like, it's successful commercially, but also, I, I, I really would be surprised if, you know, one of those actors, actors, you know, would complain about Black Mirror. I feel like Black Mirror is a show that, like, even if it's commercially successful, actors respect that show because, why would you not? It's, it's everything that the big blockbusters aren't. It has taboo subjects. It has very interesting, weird situations actors can act in. They can display their acting ability. Um, yeah, so I thought Anthony Mackie on his episode of Striking Vikers, which I think is season five. Yeah. Like he had, I think I think on top of my head, he has the most memorable episode of season five, at least. You know, so that's like a whole year he kind of owns in my head. And that's that was actually the first episode I've ever watched. We always talk about, you know, Anthony Mackie um, you know, from the Marvel stuff. And I forget how exactly we came to the conversation of like, oh, you should check them out on here. And I remember you told me about it and I was kind of skeptical because I was like, I don't know what I'm going into. I don't know much about the show. Like I heard about it, but I never, like I said, I never knew about it. And watching <laughs> it, it was like, what the fuck? I love but it. it Striking Vikers was your first episode for Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, what the fuck is this? But it was like still like, Again, the message and the 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 uh the acting was great, the story was good, and the message behind it made sense. A little far fetched in my opinion, but it made <laughs> sense. Um, and it was a great episode, man. Like 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 you said, Anthony Mackie, the uh I can't think of the actor's name, but the, he played uh Doctor Manhattan and uh in the the uh, spinoff for uh uh I'm yeah. drawing a blank then uh the Watchmen Watchmen yeah. Yeah, so like known faces, um, they did the cast was great and it was like a great story. And like that's one of those episodes where it was like, Yeah, I, I watched that one. This was great. Um, I think now since then I watched all like I said, all of season six. Um, I watched a few more episodes. I think I'm probably now I'm gonna say maybe twelve episodes in, twelve about twelve, twelve to thirteen episodes in. And I think my favorite was actually when I watched this morning, um, the test play where the, the, the guy is the traveler overseas 
and he's running short on money and then he responds to the ad for the augmented reality video video game um yeah and like that like it kills him whatever at the end but it's like it's so crazy because watching that episode it was like again it was great acting it was a good story it was something that was kind of believable i love how arrogant he was about it but i also loved how he was like it pulled out his fears in his head um that's what he was afraid of like that's what they made you be afraid of and it wasn't just like oh it's a guy in a mask you got to run from or it's a beast or something it was like yeah you want to have that stuff but it's like what are your fears and to me that was just like oh man that would be so fucking creepy that would be so crazy if like that's what you were battling against um and by the end of the episode i was like yeah this is by far my favorite one I think the second favorite after that is probably the uh, social ranking. Like, <laughs> just because oh, yeah, I love how silly it is, but I also love how, like, like I can, like, it's silly, but it's like you said, it's like the credit rating thing. Like, we fight so hard for it, fight so hard for it. The social ranking thing, it's like, oh, my God. Because you have people you, how many people you, you pass by on a day-to-day and that you interact with or indirectly interact with, and it can affect, like, your score? I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to do it. I would be that truck lady. I would be the trucker. I would just say, F it, the health to score. I'm a devil who wants to deal with me. And I would just run with a I would run with a bunch of like low score degenerates and be comfortable and have a great life because I wouldn't be able to keep up with the pressure of keeping a high score. Yeah, you buck the system, right? And that's what is that's what's always fun is that you watch these episodes and you see these scenarios and you ask yourself, yeah, what would you do or what would you what are you gonna do in some situations? Cause like the social credit thing could be something that, you know, we see in some shape or form moving forward in our society, right? So it's like, oh, well, how are you going to prepare for that? Or how are you going to raise your kids? Maybe in 20 years, they may have to prepare for that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it brings up interesting topics. I remember there's one episode where a mom has some sort of chip implanted inside of her daughter. Did you see this one? And she can see what the daughter sees, I think. Mom can have a chip planning science to see what the daughter sees. So it's, uh, like, it's like, you know, you don't want your kids to get kidnapped, right? So, like, they come out a product. They're like, yeah, like, you can have a simple surgery, or I think you can, like, attach something to your kid. Um, and You can monitor where they are from, like, your iPad. No, I didn't so, see that one. I thought, was, I thought he was describing another one, but I didn't see that one. Yeah, so, like, that one, like, I think it starts off with, like, you know, the kid is, is small, and it makes logical sense. Oh, you lost them in the park, you pull out your phone, oh, they're right here, right? Um, never, you know, never have to worry about your kid ever being lost again. Um, and, and I think what happens is like, it's an implant. So as the kid gets older, you know, they obviously, there's obviously lots of advantages to that product, but then they run into, well, there's going to be some disadvantages with this product. And what is it really, you know, as a parent to feel like you should be able to look in on your kid, what does that do to you mentally? Um, once your kids become a, a young adult, you know, if you spend a lifetime being able to just, you know, pull out an app and see what your kid's doing, um, what makes you, how do you stop? You know, when what makes you think you could just not do it anymore? So I guess like the premise, I won't, I won't like spoil it, but like, um, again, there's an episode where I can't remember any of the actors. Um, all I remember is kind of the premise and then, you know, how they handled the situation. And I know me in my life, having a younger kid, you know, at some point, I'm, I seen it is actually a pretty cool product that uh, T-Mobile put out. Um, they're like, it's like a little kid watch, like a smart watch, um, but very simple and just gives you some basic features that are very helpful for like a younger kid. I don't know realistically if it would stop you from losing them or if someone, God forbid, took them or something like that because they probably just snatched the watch off. Um, but again, that then creates the problem of, oh, you know what we do is you got you to gotta stall that under skin. That way people don't know what's there and you have time to rescue them. 
And that's what the premise of the show is. You're like, oh yeah, like that is better, isn't it? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. And that and then they play with that. And you're like, oh God, like you probably can have that argument ten times and still not agree. Like not every parent's gonna agree what happens. And that's a really good premise. Um, and so I remember that that's, that's why again, I don't know any of the actors or anything like that, but I remember the writing on that. That's why I really liked that episode. Uh, I don't remember how it ends actually, because I've seen them over. This is now we're talking about almost ten years of TV shows, um, and just just one hour episodes. It's not even like they all connect together, so you have to kind of go back and watch them individually and see you know how it all played out. And that's the thing. Like I feel like on all the episodes, for the most part, um, generally you can have all right. I seen it this way. You saw it this way. Let's talk about it. Not let's like it's not a hardcore debate, but it's kind of just sharing of ideas and thoughts on it. And it's like, you don't really get that from a lot of shows. Nowadays, a lot of times, this is, you know, there's one message, there's one story. Here, I feel like, you know, these episodes, they kind of breach on, like, the the moral part of us, where it's like, all right, well, how do you feel about this? Like, I saw the Miley Cyrus episode um, before we got on. Oh. And that was, a, yeah, that was that was really good. Like you said, she did a really great job acting-wise. Um, and the episode was funny because it's like, she was such a machine that everyone around her knew she couldn't stop and she knew she they knew like especially the aunt the aunt knew she wanted to stop but it was just too much money behind it for her to stop um so much to the point that they put her in that induced coma and they still extracted music from her when she was in her coma so they can literally take the money i mean take the music and make more money and it was so like wrong not never mind they put her in a coma but it's the fact that like her music that they were taking from her it was almost like rage music almost it was like rebellion music and then they was like no 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 slow it up make it a little more poppy um make the voice make the vocals a little more softer and they had a new pop song for her i was like geez like <laughs> they don't care like they don't care and i feel like that happens so often in entertainment um but not even entertainment sometimes on a smaller level where you may be the you know the oldest of a family and you may be the breadwinner whereas though like you're financially responsible in a way that you probably shouldn't be and sometimes your parents may feel bad and say hey you know we wish you could let you have like a regular you know childhood or teenage years or even young adulthood but we we need you here we need you now you know like we need you to take care of us and help us um and i feel like that's what that was on a, a major level like yeah the aunt told her do you know how young i was when i took you in when your parents died like in a way, you owe me, but I also need you because this is the lifestyle that we've created together, even if now you don't want this lifestyle anymore. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's funny to think that episode probably came out maybe three or four years ago off the top of my head. And and we're seeing already in real life, there are those controversial arguments. I keep seeing Ice Cube trending because he keeps on making you know public arguments about how he doesn't want his music used by, his voice used by AI to make other songs or alter songs. Um, I saw Wes Anderson say that, you know, the director of um, Cloud City that's coming out soon, he was upset saying that fans send him movie trailers or like little movies where they take a movie that's already been done and somehow the AI helps them redo it in the style of Wes Anderson. So I guess it has like editing is how he would edit, uh, maybe colors or interesting filters the way that he would have filters. And he's like, yeah, don't send me that stuff. He's like, I hate that stuff. It's an abomination. Like my... You guys are taking my style and putting on someone else's movie is completely wrong and you know it's messed up. Like I hate that stuff. If you are if you're my fan and you want to impress me, don't do that. So so you see these two guys. You know at least these are two of the ones I've heard the most so far complaining about 
AI and these things and people reusing them in some kind of futuristic way. Um, but then I also heard, you know, I can't remember which actors up my head. Um, but someone was like, yeah, of course use my, my voice when I'm going. Of course use my image. We got into this business so you would know who we are. The idea that I'll live on forever, you guys are going to still use me, is amazing. I can't remember which actor said that. I don't want to misquote anybody. I know. I can't think of her name, but I know Elon Musk, they were saying his wife was the first one or one of the first ones to say, yeah, go ahead. Let's make music together. Like, oh, okay. There you yeah, go. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things like Grimes, some people are, right? Yeah, you Grimes. Yeah, yeah. Some people are for it, you know? Like some people are for the technology. Some people are for the advancements. Um, and there's always going to be the purists. There's always going to be the, the people who believe like, I don't want, you know, when I'm done, I'm done. I want music to keep going on. Don't release any posthumous albums. Um, and, and no one's right or wrong. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I think it, it comes to the fan base, you know, like, like if, because the thing is too, you know, you think about it, um, they, like, especially nowadays with like a lot of like rappers, um, they'll be uh, like a lot of the young rappers. They say they record at these rates that wasn't like before. So they'll have like so many like snippets of songs or like verses that's unreleased and they got to be compressed and put over some uh, beats or whatever and, you know, edit it and everything. And we just saw it with the Pop Smoke thing. Um, they put out like two albums right back to back after he died. And one of his main producers that he worked with all the time when he was alive, he just told everybody like, hey, we're the well is pretty much dry. We're, we're pretty much done for the most part here. We got like a couple more things. But that's it. And the family was mad because they were still trying to profit from possible sales on future sales. But at the end of the day, you know, like you may have that person's voice, but the, the, but the music may not have that person's spirit. If that makes sense, you know, like you can't keep releasing, 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 thinking that it's going to be the same because that person's name and voice is attached to it. If it's not necessarily like a, a sound that that person would went, went in that direction, you know, cause people always change. They may have liked a certain sound that was, popular around that time but they may not have liked the sound that's you know coming out later on and if you just put their stuff on there who's to say that they would actually want their stuff to be on there on the same time it allows you know fans um to continue to get new material or that new voice from their fans you know like i remember uh last year um kendrick lamar released a song the heart part five um where it was a great song but the last verse he rapped in Nipsey's hustle likeness, um, kind of like used like similar style lyrics. The voice kind of like his voice was different, but like the tone of everything and the delivery of how he flowed was like very Nipsey hustle esque. And he even said a lot of things that like it was like Nipsey was talking from heaven. It was freaky, but I thought it was amazing how like Kendrick Lamar was able to do that. And you know, it's one of those things. Like I think, like I said, like when I started this, like it really depends on you know. Uh, how you feel about it no one's right or wrong and how you want to use the technology because in that video he had deep fake on the video like where it was like every time he did a verse it was changed to someone else's face um oh, yeah and that's how it was kind of bringing in the technology part of it even with that you know we've seen it whereas though they talking about kicking around ideas of possibly doing a uh sopranos reboot or sopranos continuation and they're like oh we could do it with everyone but what we do about tony and they're like well you know at this point you know we're in a world where we could essentially have Tony's face and likeness put onto another actor's body. Um, and it's some controversy around it, but at the same time, it's like, again, you know, like there's always going to be someone from the, the money side of it saying like, Hey, we can go out there and make a lot of money off of this. And there's going to be someone on the pure side saying like, no, the guy died and leave it alone at that. 
Um, I don't know where I fall. I feel like, you know, ultimately, I feel like ultimately I feel like leave it alone. But at the same time, like there is a part of me that is curious about what can be, what can be made with these new advances in technology. Yeah, I mean, that's the fun part, right? It starts that conversation. I mean, because it's a conversation and a lot of those scenarios um, that at some point people are going to have to have. You know, I think, um, you know, and the thing about, you know, the, a lot of these older artists we're talking about, they know what life was like before this. But I always think about, I look at my, the, the future, my younger daughter, she's she's seven, she's eight, right? So when, you know, if she 10 years from now, if she's trying to do anything in entertainment, and a company comes to her and says, hey, look, we got these brand new contracts. They're ironclad. We've, we've figured this thing out. And we're going to promote you. We're going to put money behind you, yada, yada, yada. You're going to have pretty much that Miley Cyrus thing, everything that you ever could want in this situation. However, you're signing this agreement that says your name, your likeness, and your voice, we are going to use until the end of time. Um, if you're a young kid and you're like, well, no, I want to make it on my own. And you can you know, go that route still. And then a company comes to you and says, well, no, actually, we're going to give you the keys to the kingdom. We're going to help you out. I have to think it's very difficult for any 17-year-old to say no in that future situation. Because, I mean, you're going to have, I feel like in some ways, like the Tom Holland thing, right? Like Tom Holland's an actor who, he has other films that are coming out. He has other shows that are coming out. But the fact he started so young um, with Marvel really has opened up and given him an advantage over other actors who are out there still making you know, their own indie films. They're, they're still trying to prove to Hollywood that they deserve it, right? They're still coming up there. So Tom Holland, obviously, who's a great talent, he just has an advantage because he happened to team up with such a large studio. Um, and he's not in that situation where, you know, I don't, I believe he's talked about maybe walking away from Spider-Man and stuff and they don't own him like that. Um, but I would imagine that, you know, if you're Sony and you're Marvel and stuff, they could be companies. They're like, you know what? We're not going to make that mistake in the future. The next time we hire, we sign <laughs> a young person. We'll make sure that they say we can use their limit, their image forever. Because if you, you know, they can make Spider-Man forever. So if you can get an actor to, you know, guarantee their voice and their face and their name can be associated with Spider-Man now forever, you could do that forever. It solves one of the biggest problems we have with, you know, those those entertainment things that are supposed to go on and on and on. Other films that are just one and done are fine. People still make those. The other TV shows that are shorter and you know only supposed to have a season or two, you still have those. But it is difficult as a fan. It is sad as a fan when um, you're investing time and energy into these different things that go away. I know you haven't seen The Flash yet. I'm not going to spoil The Flash for anybody. But um, there's a lot of controversy that, that comes up with some of the cameos there. But I can say as a fan watching it, it was very enjoyable to see all these things from DC's history somehow be brought back to a modern era in any form. You know, um, I've seen people like question like the CGI and stuff like that for other movies that try to do similar things. And as a fan following the story, because the story was also good, I didn't care. I loved it. It really worked for me. And I was like, yeah, more please. It kind of even made me ask myself questions. And it's not something that happens in the movie, but like, let's say we switch over to Marvel and make it a fictional situation. But if someone's like, hey, you know, Aaron Paul's real busy. He's he's craving the Hunter now for Sony. Um, but would you like to see Quicksilver come back on next season of WandaVision? But we're going to CGI, um, not, not Aaron Paul. His name is um, Aaron Taylor. Oh, please. Aaron Taylor, yeah. Aaron, Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson. Yeah, oh yeah I don't think Aaron Paul because we're talking about Black Mirror. But if you're like, yeah, you know, he said, I'm busy, but you guys can go ahead, send me a check, and you can use my, my, you know, my image and my voice from, um, you know, the, the Avengers movie I did. 
to put me back inside the MCU. I'd be like, awesome, cool, let's go, let's go, whatever, whatever it takes. Um, and they've done this, you know, Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I feel like one of the first people to do this. The, the Terminator movie they made with Christian Bale, I think while he was still in office, had a young bodybuilder that had a cameo as Terminator, but they put Arnold's face on him. And this was like 10 years ago, I feel like. Um, yeah, so I mean, they were doing it back then, right? They had some other actor we don't know who basically was like a stuntman, a body double, I guess you would call it, which is our, our this one has always existed in the industry. Yeah. And they put someone else's face on it. Before they had technology, they were always doing that with like nude scenes. They had a lot of nude scenes, whether it be some actor or actress who didn't want to get naked, and they would just cut the camera to some other person naked and cut back so you see the actor's face, and they were like, and that was that actor naked. <laughs> it wasn't really them. <laughs> and I think now, like, the problem is... I think, like, because, like you said, like, it's always been there. Um, it's not like this stuff is new. I just think it's advanced. That's the difference. And I think, like, the advancement now is Hollywood essentially is figuring out a way where it's like, oh, we don't even necessarily need you. Like, that goes back to the whole, you know, episode of uh, Joan is Awful on Black Mirror. It was like, that's not Selma Hayek. That's her likeness. And it was like, well, what do you mean? And it was like, yeah, like, she pretty much gave up her likeness to where so we can do this, we can do that. And she pretty much can whatever we want because we have her likeness of it. And that's the same thing with, you know, like with everything else now, like they're talking about it with, you know, the whole chat DTP, like writing screenplays, the whole music thing where they had last year, that was a controversy behind like, you know, the, uh, the AI rapper. Um, they, like you said, like they've done it, whereas though they'll have uh, rappers who look like them, they'll be on, like they talk about with the holograms and stuff. They did it on the Miley Cyrus episode. They had the hologram Miley Cyrus on uh, Black Mirror, where it was a person in a, like one of those suits in front of a green screen. And if she was acting in the hologram version of her. I think now that's where the controversy comes from because it's like essentially it's gotten to the point where like these like these tech people because they're not even like producers anymore really it's like tech people behind all this stuff they just essentially it's like hey we don't necessarily need you anymore we just look for your likeness um we can just put your image together and then essentially the show must go on and I think that's where like now we're starting to see everyone kind of you know, like, take a stand against it. You know, like, that was the whole thing with the, the writer's strike in Hollywood. It was like, yeah, like, we can go uncredited because you guys can essentially steal our likeness and style and not have to pay us. Yeah, I guess that's always the thing where people didn't realize how far it could go. So, that, that's why I always, you know, disagree with the storytelling in a lot of the Black Mirror episodes, where I always believe the future is bright and things will work out, because now, you have things that, um, you know, can solve those problems. Like in, with the, the terms of service with um, the Jonas, the Jonas awful episode. And there's like a, when you go, they have an app now, a Streamberry app. that I think I sent you a link for where it's like a website. You can go on there and like have your face, um, you know, copied onto so-and-so is awful. Like you can have Sammy is awful or whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's a, there is before you upload your picture, there is two checkboxes. Like one of them is to agree to the terms of service. I didn't read it. I just clicked it. And still uploaded my picture, and I and I clicked on it. Like, nah. I like, guess nothing bad's gonna happen. Like, I know like the, the whole episode's about, but um, it's gonna be okay, right? And I went right through. Still after seeing the episode, um, which is funny, right? But uh, but one thing I do know in real life is, and I, and I researched it again just to make sure after the episode is with terms and conditions, um, there's a basically a certain gray area where most judges will not enforce something they think is unethical or something that they think, like, you know, they understand that people don't always read those things. 
So in mm. real life, you know, companies put some very reasonable things in there to protect them. Um, but they can't go in there like, yeah, we can harvest your DNA. Your kids belong to us. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So like, like when you're watching the episode, and it's not to take fun out the episode, because like, I don't know, maybe in the future those things will change. But in the episode when the lawyer's like, yeah, there's nothing you can do. I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. And I know a thousand percent they can't enforce any of that stuff. But it's a fun episode. And that's the point, right? So like, and maybe in the future, there's a law that passes and says, no, people have to return services from now on. You guys can't, you know, just be clicking on this stuff and not, not caring. Um, and you can lose your children to a streaming service if you click on terms and conditions. Um, yeah, all that stuff, you know, I think will work itself out in the future in real life. But you and the actors and stuff like that do have other things they have in place. Like Keanu Reeves, for example, this is since the 90s. Like, I think the early 90s, even early 2000s. Um, apparently, in all of his movie contracts, he has a clause where you can't digitally alter his performance. And this happened because there was a movie he had done early in his career and using very basic CGI, um, they added a tear to his face when there was an like, emotional scene. Um, and he was really upset when he saw the film because he thought that the character had no reason to literally cry. Um, but I guess the editors thought, oh, this will make it more emotional. And they, they realized they probably had some new toy and they thought they could do it. And, but he was really mad that the movie came out and he was, his character was like crying. He has CGI tears on his face. Um, so I don't know what movie it was. He didn't mention what movie it was. But now in all of his films, that's a clause he has. You can't you can't alter his appearance in films, I guess, without him knowing, you know, whatever, without him approving or something like that. So I mean, he's already ahead of the curve. He's twenty years ahead of the curve, saying, "Yeah, I'm just gonna write to my contract. You can't do that." So you know, maybe Black Mirror is a is a, a canary in the coal mine for some people. Maybe some actors are out there going into their next meetings after this season, being like, "Hey, you guys can't make me." poop in the church like you guys can't take my <laughs> voice you know write that down write that down put that in the contract and i know that's what something the writer strike that was something with the writer strike was saying that you could you know companies could use ai tools but the writers still had to get paid um and you know they're trying to iron out some of those details so again it might be a thing where yeah you need to before you guys get too happy trigger happy with this stuff you guys need to sit down and iron out these uh these details about how we can be using these things and I think that's important because, like, essentially, what you're doing is you're not only giving away like profit, like money, but you're giving away creative control. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah. and that's one of those things. Like, I feel like you know, for artists, that's always important. Like, yeah, you want to be on the scene, you want to be able to do these things, but like, how bad do you want to sacrifice it, and how much you're willing to give away? Um, I think is one of those things that, like, <clears throat> you know, as a creator, especially nowadays, where there's so many different outlets. You know, like TikTok, Instagram, you know, Twitter, you know, whatever kind of social media you want, YouTube. But then you can go the traditional route, like Hollywood or even, I guess, Atlanta now with the studios down there. Um, it's one of those things like there's more outlets, but at the same time, there's also more competition. There's more technology, so it can make it a little harder. And it's one of those things where it's like, I guess you got to protect yourself in a way that, like, like you said, Keanu is 20 years in. He's smart. And it's, it's really surprising to me. That's not a thing that more people doesn't ask for, or maybe they do, but we don't hear about it. Um, because it's one of those things where you don't want to have to, you know, uh, I guess for an artist or an actor or whatever, it's kind of you're compromising my performance and making me look a certain way. And by making me look a certain way, you can taint the performance. And I'm pretty sure that's more important than anything at the end of the day, because it's like, you know, like that's their work, that's how they're viewed, that's their, you know, image. And going forward, that can affect like other possible uh opportunities. Um, but I think that's something like a clause or a stipulation that probably should be you know, mandatory. It's the same with the whole writer's thing. 
you know, like, yeah, you can use these technologies to make sure we're still credited for because, like, at the end of the day, we're not working for free. You know, even if we're doing less work, we're still not working for free. Yeah, I think that's always all it is. Like, you know, usually a deal has to be reached. And then, realistically, the companies that are doing this stuff, you would want to team up with somebody that stands in line with your ethics, right? So I do know, I think a few years ago, um, I believe Marvel secured the rights from Stan Lee's estate to allow him to forever reappear in movies and do the Stan Lee cameo again. Um, I haven't seen them exercise that, so I don't know if that's true or not. I remember reading an article that seemed pretty official, um, but I had to you know, double check that. Um, and also they, they do things sometimes, like I'm still trying to find out, there's the, all these articles trending this week about them getting the rights back to Incredible Hulk and Namor, mm-hmm. um, but I can't find an official statement from Marvel about it. So I don't know if they just don't want to tell anybody or- Hold on, they don't have the rights to Namor? They don't have the rights to Namor um, as a solo character. Like Namor can't have his own movie. Um, oh, I didn't know with, that. Yeah, same thing with Incredible Hulk. They, I think Universal owns the rights to both of those characters. Um, this was back when I think before the MCU. I think when Marvel Comics was trying to get some money together, they had sold off the rights to some people. And um, you know, back with the whole Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Punisher, those are some ones that Marvel's gotten back. Incredible Hulk and Namor are two, including Spider-Man, um, that they have not completely gotten back. Um, but somehow, you know, Incredible Hulk showed up on the streaming platform this week and a bunch of wrote articles saying Marvel got the rights back to those two. But I haven't seen a statement from Marvel about it, so I could be wrong. Um, but, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I definitely will go watch a Namor movie. I don't know if there's a need for an Incredible Hulk movie, but I definitely will go watch a Namor movie. Um, and Incredible Hulk's another great example where, like, most of his character is CGI already. Yeah. Um, we just need an actor to say, okay, use my my likeness forever. And I would have to guess, I don't know him, but I have to guess if I'm Mark Ruffalo, and, you know, he has other movies that he does, but he doesn't have, I don't think, anything on the scale of Avengers and stuff when it comes to commercial success. I would think that's a great deal. If you're Mark Ruffalo and Marvel says, hey, man, can we just use your face and your likeness to do the Incredible Hulk thing forever, and we'll just pay you and your heirs, your estate, We'll pay you guys, you know, a cut, you know, a certain percentage forever. I would make that deal in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, Disney's not going to do anything horrible with the Incredible Hulk. It's a, it's a good character for them. So, like, you can have your face for eternity, you know, associated with that. Plus, you'll have a revenue stream that's going to support your, your kids, your kids' kids, your kids' kids' kids. It's going to help them out at least on some level. You know, forever. Why not? Why wouldn't you sign that deal? Like, I, I just can't see. Like, you're, you're dead anyway. So who cares if they make the Incredible Hulk to get poop in a church? Like, it doesn't really matter at that point. It's just for entertainment. Um, and it's not even a real church. It's not like it's. It's not yeah, like they're literally. Like, right. It's a movie set. It's not real. <laughs> it's not like they. It's it really happened. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not like they actually got to like somebody pulled out a phone and follows you in a church and it's like, oh my god, look at him. He's taking shit in church. Like. And then people no. change their opinions. Like, like the people watching it who grew up in a world with AI art, they're going to understand what AI art is. So right now it's such a like, ooh, it's controversy. Maybe that would confuse people. But it's like Photoshop. I remember when I was in the, or in the early 90s when I was Photoshopping stuff, I would sometimes be sitting behind a computer like, ha, ha, ha. No one's going to know about this, right? I was doing an album cover or something. I would think I was such a genius. Now, like, professional people get professional Photoshopping done and there'll be like, you know, regular people sitting at home, like, that's not how that person really looks. That's Photoshop. That's airbrushed. Yeah. Like, regular nobody people like, who don't, I say that in a way, like, they don't have um, any skin in the game. They're not, they're not um, professionals in that field. They still know, a layman, a layman will still know that's most likely Photoshopped. That's not how that person looks. No big deal. 
and no one cares. You know, if you saw someone doing something ridiculous or really extreme, a lot of people would pause and say, is that a real article? Did that really happen? Is that deep faked? Um, already the, the public's starting to know. So even if they did misuse your likeness 10 years from now, by then, the kids probably won't be impressed. It'll be like, yeah, whatever. Um, that happens all the time. It, you'll hit a critical mass where if you're making a bunch of songs in the style of, I don't know, Michael Jackson, at some point, people aren't going to listen to all of them. You know, it's just too much crap. It's just how many songs can you do? If they're not special, if they don't have an event tied to it, it's just going to become a, a sea of extra songs. So, like, eventually you just won't care. It's, you, you will go listen to the real good one, the trends. But, you know, it's like we can all go out right now and make 100 comedy videos and put them on YouTube. No one's going to care. You know, the technology is there. But, like, unless you're special, unless you're able to, you know, have a community that follows you and they know that you have a brand and yada, 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 and they want to share your videos, you'll just have a bunch of songs. How many rap songs are created by, you know, underground rappers on SoundCloud nowadays that none of us even hear about, you know? So in the future, it's because they all have, you know, a sample of Michael Jackson inside the song. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to stand out unless they're exceptional, unless they do something that makes it, you know, grab attention in that day and age where, you know, that stuff is commonplace. So I think it always will balance back out. It's just right now you got the first people through the door doing controversial things with it to try to get views. Um, but eventually I think it'll it'll find its equilibrium. I agree. I think it's definitely... Um, something I was, you mentioned that I thought about when I was watching the uh, Miley Cyrus episode with the whole, like, you know, the technology, the whole AI thing. I'm like, if we'll get to a point where, like, say we have an artist in that situation who's so big, you know, like, I guess I'll use Justin Bieber in this situation, right? Like, say Justin Bieber was still real squeaky clean and did not want to, like, you know, rock the boat, essentially, because the money was too large to kind of mess with. But then he wanted to kind of put out other music and they was like, all right, well, how about we'll do this? How about we'll just find an artist who wants to be on the scene, who wants to make this kind of music, but maybe they don't have the skill that you have to make this kind of music. And like, what if they essentially would have uh, just found that other artist, and the other artist would have put out Justin Bieber's music while Justin Bieber was, you know, essentially um, still putting out the poppy stuff. I thought they would do that with the Miley Cyrus thing. I thought that would have been a cool little twist on the episode, but they never, it never got to that point. So I wonder if we'll get to the point with the whole AI thing and, you know, they won't necessarily cut the artist, the other artists out, but essentially they'll just be like, all right, well, huh, this music can come from, you know, maybe AI or maybe another artist. And all you guys have to do is just make sure that you don't, uh, you know, like just follow the lyrics, like almost like give them a script or something. Like I wonder if they'll ever get to that point. Yeah. In two years. In two years, we're going to have a new season of Hannah Montana where you have CGI 16-year-old Hannah Montana with a new album, um, executive produced by Miley Cyrus, working with Disney in a partnership, and it's going to trend and everyone's going to go crazy. Uh, I, I'm not knowing that's 100% going to happen, but that's what I would do, right? If you're, if you're Justin Timberlake, imagine, not just Timberlake, if you're Justin Bieber or Justin Timberlake, imagine if NSYNC dropped a new album in two years where they were all 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, they're all alive. They could they could help write the lyrics. They could work with the AI and the producers. You could like Rick Rubin and all of them as InSync to sit down and oversee an album with a CGI version of InSync and a CGI version of that. And they they're topical. They understand what's going on in this day and age. And they come out with like InSync 
people would go crazy. They would be talking about it, number one. The older fans would like it. And if it was if it was like new in a way that like hit with the kids nowadays, you could have like a whole second phase where like they're like, all right, we learned all from all our mistakes and we're gonna get a second chance basically to do one more album. Um, and then you know, you can even have a gorilla style CGI tour where like you go watch them and there's a big projector showing these like younger um, guys doing the whole thing again. They got the money. They could they could invest it and see if it would work again, and um you know you can do that. So I mean like that's even another way to look at it, like a way to have those artists you know express themselves in a different way. Maybe Justin Bieber has songs that he wished he either did when he was twelve that never really got attention. And he's like, you know what? As a grown man, let me go back and um express myself in that way again and do it with you know the help of a CGI kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if you, someone's going to do it first, basically. Someone's going to say, you know what? What if I had one more second album? What if I had one more, um, you know, crossover with that other person or whatever? And they can go ahead and do it. It might be dope. I mean, an artist is kind of fallen from grace recently. Um, I think doesn't have the option to do a lot of these things anymore is Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson's an artist that I think when he was young and controversial... Um, you know, it had a lot of music that I absolutely adore. Recently, you know, things have gone a little different for him. I know he's in kind of a, you know, a controversial space. But imagine if you took it, like, what's controversial in 2023? And Marilyn Manson put out a new album when he's, like, 22. And all his, like, old images and all his old crazy stuff. It could be insane. And then if the artists themselves come back in and say, okay, well, I'm older. That's the only reason I can't do that. Um, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm I'm like the creative director on this whole thing. I'm gonna oversee the project. You have like their blessing and their consent to it. Who knows who they could create? They might create something that's really awesome. Um, you know, something that you know might be cool for younger people, and it can be people like us to be interested in that product again because we knew who the artists were back when they were younger. You never know. I don't know. It's, it's we open up the room for a lot of possibilities with this technology. I think so, and I think it's one of those things. Like before, I was always kind of hesitant. Um, I was always like, I don't know. Like, I was just against it because I was more so ignorant about it. And it's one of those things I feel like as we definitely, I want to say, educate ourselves and as we learn about it, you realize like, oh, no, we don't got to necessarily have it. So, like, it's not so controversial in a way that it's scary. And I think that's the that's the funny thing about the show. They definitely take technology and they take it to an extreme to where they put a little fear in you. But they're also highlighting of the possibility of what it can do. I know, like I say it all the time, um, I say it all the time, the biggest thing that I do think is pretty cool about like, you know, AI and the advances that it's made is, excuse me, the potential of, you know, how it can advance medicine, you know, and advance like treatments, things yeah. like that, you know, like I think is very important. And I think in, in those aspects, we probably should be trying to advance it and embrace it any possible way. Um, as long as it's not like, you know, like completely, you know, like some... Un- unethical uh, or you know something like that but overall i think like the technology um i think is like like it's still in its infancy so because it's still in its infancy a lot of information isn't available we don't know as much as we we're going to know and we live in a world now where everything travels so fast so because we live in this world where everything is hyper hyper uh fast fear is going to come along with you know whatever you know technology uh or whatever kind of information comes behind it you know, it's the same thing with the, uh, you know, the, the controversy from 2020 with the coronavirus. Like everyone had their opinions. Everyone had opinions about it. But as we learned more, people's opinions changed and it was happening in real time. 
So it was very controversial. Now that was on a much larger scale and a much larger, uh, you know, like debate. But at the same time, I think it's still one of those things that like when something's new and something is like, you know, a hot button topic, we don't necessarily know how to react to it. So we're kind of just like, all right, well, what's going on here? This is unfamiliar and opinions are formulated, but not all the, not all the information is available to us. So we don't necessarily know, you know, how we should feel about it. We are, we're still learning as we're, as it's kind of happening, you know? No, I agree, man. You know what I mean? That's, that, that's a lot, you know, for the, the episode. Um, I think, you know, moving forward with technology and stuff is always interesting. And that's why hopefully I think, you know, the podcast, Timmy Rye, and every time we guys get together, we'll keep an eye on it. You know, we'll, we'll warn people. We'll tell them if it goes too far. But otherwise, you know, let's move forward and see what else we got going on. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, thank you so much for doing the episode this week. I know you got to run. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. And I hope we can get together and do this again soon. Yeah, me too. This was great. Um, I felt like this was definitely a nice uh, introduction back on the episode or back on the, uh, the podcast and definitely look forward to coming on again at some point. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. We'll wrap it up there. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. You guys have a great day. I'm Sammy Rye. That's Aunt Wilder. Please. See y'all.